You gotta give us some good news. Yeah. Welcome, Destination Devi listeners. This is Jeff Mueller, Doctor of Physical Therapy, your host for the Destination Devi Injuries Pod. Let's dive into injuries for week seven. At quarterback, Deshaun Watson, he's coming off that shoulder injury. He is listed as questionable, but we just got word from Ian Rappaport that the plan is for Watson to start this week. The Browns are going to uh, the Browns did work him out today on Saturday to determine if he's ready, and it sounds like the workout went well, especially with Rappaport reporting that. Um, it does. I, I do expect the Browns this to be more of a game time decision um, that we that we find out tomorrow morning before the game whether or not he for sure is going to play. The Browns probably still have to do an assessment of how does his shoulder respond to throwing? Are there any latent symptoms? Uh, you know, how sore is he from yesterday's workout, which would be, you know, happened today. They likely tested him hit him on intermediate and deep throws, assessing his accuracy, velocity, arm fatigue, pain, uh, and all of that. It does sound like he's dealing with a small rotator cuff tear. So we do have to watch this one closely. But again, if he is cleared to play for tomorrow, that indicates that the medical staff is um, likes where he's at from a from a medical standpoint, from a healing standpoint. Uh, likely, you know, last week Watson held himself out because he didn't feel right. So if he's going to play this week, that indicates to me that he himself feels ready to go. He, he himself will feel like he can make all the throws that he needs to make. That was a key reason why he didn't play last week. He didn't feel like he could make those deeper throws or be accurate with them. So, again, I think if he's if he is active, it gives us an indication that the team and Watson feel good about his health. So, from an injury standpoint, typically with these, without those all of that information, we would likely be leaning towards sitting him, being cautious. But I think if he's if he is active, if he does play, there's enough variables there that indicate he, he should be able to produce at least as a quarterback too with low re-injury risk. And then we just have to hope that you know nothing happens in game, that no re-injury occurs, that his arm doesn't get pulled in a weird way, or that he doesn't feel something weird on a or off on a deep throw, something like that, where it requires a little more force coming from that rotator cuff that's injured. Daniel Jones, he has been listed as out with a neck injury, likely taking it week to week for him. I do think there's a decent chance that he's back next week. It sounds more like a more like a facet injury, which is more the joint on the side of the neck that can refer pain towards the shoulder or shoulder blade. It doesn't sound like there's nerve involvement, so it actually does sound different than what he was dealing with in 2021 that required surgery. I know there's some crazy speculation out there that, oh, Daniel Jones, you know, his neck is, he's dealing with multi-level instability and his career might be over. It, that's not an indication from anything that has been said from the team, from the medical staff, or he himself. And then the fact that um, they are optimistic that he can possibly return next week. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's just crazy speculation and and. Very unprofessional uh, speculation on that end. So for this week, at least, it'll be Tyrod Taylor playing at quarterback. I do like his upside. He's probably more of a quarterback two with potential quarterback one upside due to the matchup against Washington. I actually love this for Darren Waller. I think Tyrod Taylor peppers Darren Waller and Wondell Robinson. I'll I'll touch on Wondell Robinson later. But I think this is going to be a great matchup for Tyrod Taylor. And if you need a streaming option at quarterback, Taylor should be a, a good option, especially for SFB 
uh, if you if you need those if you need a quarterback option instead of playing you know someone else in the super flex spot. And then if you're kind of hopefully you're not relying on Daniel Jones at all, but if for some reason you are, I think there's a good chance he's back next week. Justin Fields, he's dealing with that right thumb dislocation. He is out this week, and the team has not placed him on IR. So that's a good indication that they expect him to only be out a few weeks. It all depends. His return all depends on how much ligament damage there is and then how quickly he can get his grip strength back, have pain reduce. And then, you know, obviously this is on his throwing hand. So the thumb is very important for holding the ball, making sure he's not fumbling, but also accuracy, velocity on his throws, control of his throws. That's going to be very important moving forward once he can return and play. So I don't expect him to return to play until he shows that he can make a lot of those throws pretty much at every level of the field with minimal concerns, minimal accuracy concerns. Again, if there are any concerns there, runs the risk of throwing interceptions, more turnovers, uh, re-injury. But as of right now, it doesn't sound like he's going to need surgery for the thumb. It sounds like it's just going to be a, a couple of, of weeks, like two, three weeks uh, before he can return, uh, which which tells me more so it's probably on the low side of the ligament damage and was just a dislocation. Jimmy Garoppolo, he is out this week with a back injury, likely taking it week to week. And in fact, there was a report recently about 10 minutes ago from me recording this that said Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, the Raiders are are optimistic that he can play next week. Unfortunately, it's a Monday night game, so we'll have to wait and see on his status. But just the fact that they're optimistic about it, I I think we'll have to watch for his practice status next week and just see. I'd I'd love to see him get at least one or two limited participations in and then at least one full participation in before I feel comfortable if you have to start Jimmy G in like a two-quarterback league, super flex league. But again, that's, you know, his, his active status is a pretty big variable for Jacoby Myers and Devonta Adams and all that. So, And then Michael Meyer, who's been actually playing pretty well lately. This week, we'll have to rely or bank on Brian Hoyer. The Raiders are playing Brian Hoyer over Aiden O'Connell. So I think the pass game will have a little more upside than last week. Uh, it, you know, Aiden O'Connell just kind of showed he's, he's a rookie. He's making some mistakes that rookies make, especially late draft capital rookies. I would expect Brian Hoyer to be able to be more of a game manager and get the ball out to these playmakers more. So hopefully we get some decent production out of the Raiders this week. At running back, I'll start with Christian McCaffrey, although, you know, we'll still have to watch his status closely. They play, 49ers play on Monday night, but very, very key uh, note here from Nick Wagoner, who's one of the beat writers for the Niners, is that Christian McCaffrey actually told Kyle Shanahan not to take anything out of the game plan and assume that he, CMC, is going to play. So sounds like CMC is pushing hard to play. We'll, we'll have to wait and see, unfortunately, to see if the if the med staff, if the med team, and the and if Kyle Shanahan agrees with playing Christian McCaffrey. I, I do, based on a video that I just saw, actually, from practice on Saturday, he did get a limited participation in on Saturday. Uh, he went from did not participate, did not participate, to limited. Notably, he was running some routes. I saw trunk rotation. So so actually, I should note first, the rib injury was actually taken off of the injury report, which is really good news. If he was still dealing with the rib injury, I'd be a little more pessimistic about his availability this week. Uh, the rib would likely lead to a little more risk for re-injury, a little more pain in game versus just an oblique muscle strain. And 
especially knowing that, okay, he is dealing with an oblique injury, not a rib injury now, and then seeing this video, if you go on my page at JM Thrive PT, I actually just quote tweeted it. I saw trunk rotation. I saw multi-planar movement. He's changing direction well. He's accelerating out of his change of direction. He's reaching with both arms, specifically the right side. It is his right side, his right oblique that was injured. He's reaching with the right side. He actually tossed a ball with his right side. And he's not showing, in the, in those clips there, he's not showing any signs of, you know, pain, tweaking. He's not grasping. He's not feeling it out. You know, when, when a muscle is kind of injured, uh, it's not 100%. You kind of feel it out a little bit. He's moving normally. So I actually do think Christian McCaffrey plays. I just hope for purposes of his 15-game touchdown streak, I do hope that if he plays, if he's active, which I do believe he will be, he's not on limited touches and keeps that touchdown streak alive. That's more so for his own streak. For fantasy purposes, if Christian McCaffrey's active, you play him, right? So hopefully you still have at least one Monday night option um, just in case. I do believe Christian McCaffrey will be active, but keep an option available like Elijah Mitchell, um, who actually in that video, it looked like Elijah Mitchell was the second running back uh, to go behind Christian McCaffrey over Jordan Mason, which would, that's kind of coincides with Kyle Shanahan's uh, statements in the interviews where he said, Elijah Mitchell, when healthy, he's actually the running back too. He's been the guy over Jordan Mason, despite how Jordan Mason has played. So I, I would expect more touches for Elijah Mitchell. Um, he'd probably be the guy, if you just don't want to risk playing Christian McCaffrey for some reason, he'd be likely the guy to play uh, in Elijah Mitchell. But yeah, keep an option available just in case. And obviously you should always do this, but make sure if you're banking on Christian McCaffrey playing, make sure you have him in your flex spot so that if you have just say Jordan Addison, if you have Elijah Mitchell, if you have... You know, Debo Samuel's out. I'm going to talk on him. But if you, for some reason, grabbed Ray Ray McLeod or Juwan Jennings, if it's like a 16-team, 18-team league, keep Christian McCaffrey in your flex. Jameer Gibbs, he was dealing with a hamstring strain, missed two games. He is actually fully off the injury report, which is great news. And Dan Campbell has indicated that Gibbs will have to carry the load, especially with Craig Reynolds dealing with a toe and hamstring injury. He's pretty banged up. And it sounds like if Reynolds even plays, if he's even active, he's going to be a pretty limited in game. So it sounds like um, you know Reynolds went from did not participate to limited and limited on Thursday, Friday. He probably plays, but I would expect minimal touches for Reynolds, maybe you know eight to ten touches, and then Gibbs being the main guy. I just hope in this circumstance that they don't treat Gibbs like David Montgomery. They have to be able to you know, utilize him in a different way. Utilize him like Christian McCaffrey, like Alvin Kamara. Don't run him up the A-gap. Don't don't run him right into the defense like they do with DeMont. He's not that kind of player. Uh, but he's he can be very explosive in space. So the fact that Gibbs, you know, I've seen some comments on this. The fact that Gibbs was fully taken off the injury report, and actually he was doing a lot of work on the side field, on the rehab field prior to week six, and it sounded like he was even though he got he was a did not participate all three days out of the week, the Lions seemed to have been slow playing him, and he was doing a lot of work on the rehab field. So I think he was actually close to playing last game. He didn't. They kept him out. They were cautious with him, conservative. Um, and then now with David Montgomery out, thankfully Gibbs is full go. I, I think there's minimal re-injury risk here and minimal efficiency, touch efficiency, 
uh, risk here from Gibbs. So if you need to play him, he's probably more of a running back two, running back three, running back two, and then we just kind of have to hope he gets more receptions. Uh, maybe he gets his first touchdown too. But yeah, I would I would play, especially if you have both, I wouldn't even play Craig Reynolds. It sounds like he's going to be very limited if he's even active. But I do like Gibbs as a running back three, running back two with upside. Jeff Wilson, it sounds like he is going to play. He was uh, taken off the injury report and activated from IR. This is That's probably key for Miami because, you know, unfortunately this is probably going to limit Raheem Mostert's upside overall. I do expect, especially in a tough matchup against Philadelphia with a with a really tough physical front seven. I think Wilson's going to profile as a better goal line back in this matchup. They could utilize, you know, Mike McDaniel is very creative in his goal line red zone uh, plays that he calls, and Mostert fits that well still. But I have a gut feeling Jeff Wilson will probably cut into some of the upside here. So uh, I don't know. I don't know if I would actually play Jeff Wilson in fantasy unless, again, it's a really deep league or we're in Bimageddon, tons of teams on by this week and tons of injuries. So if you absolutely have to, sure, why not? Uh, but I would rather, especially if you have to pick between the two, I'd rather play Mostert and just hope that Mostert still gets at least a couple goal line carries there. Roshan Johnson, he is still out. I believe this is his third game that he's missing with a concussion. It's been about two and a half weeks now. So this kind of profiles it like DeAndre Swift's concussion. I think that happened in 2020. And uh, Swift actually had a lot of neurological symptoms that persisted, which can occur. This is just a good example of how hard it is to predict how concussions um, respond for some of these players. So Roshan Johnson, I do believe he he will likely, they haven't put him on IR, but they, again, they're probably taking it week to week, trying to assess how is this going to play out. I do expect Johnson to return next week. And beat writers have been saying once Roshan Johnson is back, once he's healthy, he is expected to lead in touches. For this week, it's going to be Deontay Foreman again. Last week, he had 15 rush attempts for 65 yards in a tough matchup against Minnesota. I think he had one catch for two yards as well that he added. This is a much better matchup, especially for, for rushing upside. The downside is Tyson Baggett. Uh, I think that's how you say his last name. He is playing at quarterback over Justin Fields. So overall, offensive ceiling is likely lower. But if you needed a, a running back fill-in, like I would, I would much rather play Deontay Foreman over a Jeff Wilson. Um, I would rather play Gibbs over Deontay Foreman if if that helps at all with your decision making. But Foreman's probably more of a a running back four, running back three with touchdown upside, volume upside. I, I do expect him to get 15 to 18 touches overall with a much better chance of scoring a touchdown in the better matchup this week. Aaron Jones, he is coming off that hamstring strain. It sounds like, so he is listed as questionable. It does sound like he's going to play. He's been pushing to play. And there was a really good report that came out. You know, he actually suffered a re-injury, a setback leading up to their their bye week. Um, And that's why he missed week five. And he said the bye week helped him a lot of getting much closer to 100%. It doesn't sound like he's fully there to 100%. I wouldn't expect that until over the next two to three weeks. But I do expect him to play, and I do expect him to be fairly efficient per touch. The downside here is I I just expect a lower volume than what we would typically expect. And really, if you look at week one when when he went off, he really didn't have much volume. I think he had, without 
you know, off the top of my head, I think he had about 11 touches, but was very, you know, just highly efficient. He's easily their best running back there, uh, but I do expect him to play. It's just going to be a risky bet. Probably, again, more of like a running back three, running back two, and then you just have to hope he gets a touchdown. Kareem Hunt, he is listed as questionable for the Browns. He's coming off a thigh injury. He's been banged up the last two two weeks or two games ever since signing with the Browns. The Browns did pull up Deion Jackson, so this could be an indication that maybe they think Kareem Hunt won't be ready to play. Um, as far as I know, Pierre Strong is going to be be playing. So if Kareem Hunt is out, this should lead to a very high-volume game for Jerome Ford, a high upside for Jerome Ford, especially with Watson active and then a much better matchup against Indianapolis this week. I think Jerome Ford is going to be a solid running back two with running back one upside. Uh, even if Kareem Hunt plays, I don't expect him to get as much volume as he did last week against the Niners. In fact, I, I looked into that a little bit more too, is Jerome Ford was still coming off that knee injury that he suffered in week four. He had the week five bye. He was still slightly limited going into week week uh, six. And I think that's why Kareem Hunt got a little more volume than we actually anticipated. But you look at the usage, Jerome Ford had all of the, or majority of the high value touches, especially late in the game in the two minute drill when, or I think it was the last three minutes or so, in their last drive, Ford was the guy that was out there, and the Browns needed a score. So that's great to see. I think Ford is going to have a ton of upside this week. If Kareem Hunt is active, I would not play Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt. I know he had a, pl- a good game last game, but I don't expect him to have as much touches and probably minimal goal, goal line work. Ramondre Stevenson, he's coming off the ankle injury. He is going to play, but he's been pretty banged up the last couple of weeks. He's dealing with a he was dealing with a thigh injury, I believe a head injury, now an ankle injury. You know, the Patriots, again, this is the reason why they wanted to bring Zeke in, or at least another running back in, to split the work and try to keep Ramondre Stevenson healthy. So far, that has not worked. I do expect Ramondre to be very much a boom-bust player at running back, and it just just going to be hard to predict when we can play him or not. He's had three games under eight fantasy points and then three games over 14 points. So very boomer bust. If he doesn't get a touchdown, if he's not getting five, six targets, it'll be a low ceiling game. And uh, again, I, I, I'm i kind of, a, it's hard to predict on the usage. This Patriots offense has not been very good at all. Um, and it, and it's just hard to predict week to week how much volume he'll actually get. So if you have a good pivot option, I would prefer to sit Ramondre Stevenson and not play him. If you're having to pick between Ramondre and Zeke, I honestly don't know what to tell you on that one. Follow follow some smarter people than me on, um, you know, anyone who's really been digging deep into this usage for the Patriots backfield. Zach Charbonnet, he's coming off a hamstring injury. He is listed as questionable. It sounds like he may not suit up, but even if he does, he's going to be on limited touches, limited snaps. So I I am projecting this to be a very big Kenneth Walker game. Kenneth Walker I love in DFS because, again, his volume is going to be through the roof. Uh, DJ Dallas probably gets a couple more touches, uh, but, yeah, I'm expecting Zach Charbonnet to get less touches, meaning bigger Kenneth Walker workload. Damian Harris, he has been placed on IR with a neck injury. Nice little boost here to Latavius Murray. This is the main reason I wanted to bring up Damian Harris is because Latavius Murray likely slides into more of a running back two, running back three, running back two 
role here, a very touchdown-dependent role, but he's the back who's been getting that, that goal line work that we actually wanted out of the Buffalo um, offense. James Cook hasn't been getting those touches. Latavius Murray has actually been getting them, and he's been putting up some decent decent stat lines each week. So good luck predicting when he'll get a touchdown. But, yeah, if you need a, a running back filler for this week, Latavius Murray could be a solid option there. And I do expect it to be a run-heavy script in this matchup. So, again, Latavius Murray could could pay off as a running back too. At wide receiver, Tyler Lockett has been taken off the injury report. No game, no injury designation for him. He was dealing with a hamstring strain. Something to keep an eye on, you know, at his age, coming off of a hamstring injury. We always want to keep an eye on those. But given the fact that DK Metcalf is also limited and he may not even play, I think this is going to be a big Tyler Lockett game, especially if DK Metcalf, who, so I'll, I'll touch on DK as well. DK has still been dealing with a hip and rib injury, though it sounds like the ribs aren't really the issue here. It's more of his hip that's still sore and painful. It's been persisting, and DK is actually listed as a game-time decision. So really, it likely depends on uh, how much pain he's in, how his movement is in for in-game. But if DK Metcalf is, at, is out, I expect it to be a big Tyler Lockett game, but then a little boost to Jackson Smith-Najigba, who his role ever since Charles Cross came back in to play left tackle, the Seahawks were able to play a little more 11 personnel and actually utilize Jackson Smith and Ojigba's skill set more, where before with Charles, Charles Cross out and some offensive line injuries, they've had to play more 12 personnel with more tight end blocking there, and it's kept Jackson off the field. So I think this week we're going to see a little breakout for Jackson Smith. Uh, I don't know if you can play him for fantasy yet, but could be a nice little dart for DFS as a cheaper option. Nice matchup. And uh, yeah, especially if DK's out, I love that DFS play. Debo Samuel, so he is out for this week, and he's actually going to be out the next two weeks through their bye, through the Niners' bye week, uh, week nine. So initial imaging didn't show any issues with his shoulder, but because he kept having pain, the team decided to have him go on, undergo a CT scan, and the CT scan actually showed a hairline fracture in his shoulder, likely more so a fracture of his clavicle versus humerus. I think if it was of his humerus, he would be out a little bit longer, possibly placed on IR. Since the team, so he's out week seven, he's out week eight, they have the bye week, week nine. Uh, it sounds like he's potentially going to be able to play week 10, but I would not be surprised if if his pain is still there. They'll probably re-image to determine healing and callousing of the fracture. At that point, it'll be healing rate plus pain to be the dependent variables for if he can return. There is a chance that he's out week 10, but he, I, I do expect him to be back at least by week 11. So this should be a big boost to Brandon Ayuk. It should be a big boost to George Kittle. The only downside here is Trent Williams is also going to be out. He's actually listed as doubtful, but you know, 90, 90 to 95% of the time when the Niners list someone as doubtful, they're, they're out. So I don't expect Trent Williams to be out or to be playing, meaning Jalen Moore will be playing at left tackle, which, God help us, uh, he is not very good. So I would expect a little more blocking for George Kittle, but hopefully they at least utilize him as a weapon. They're going to need him with Debo out. Ayuk's going to be the guy. Um, I, I wouldn't take a dart throw on Juwan Jennings or Ronnie Bell or Ray Ray, Ray McLeod. I, I just wouldn't go there. So... 
more more upside again for guys like Elijah Mitchell. If you really needed a desperate play and you wanted to bank on Jordan Mason playing over Elijah Mitchell, if you absolutely need a desperate play, uh, could play Jordan Mason this week and hope for either you know the Niners are routing them and and Jordan Mason gets some late touches and gets a touchdown. Uh, but yeah, so I, I I I wouldn't touch these other wide receivers for the Niners other than Brandon Ayuk. Deontay Johnson, he's coming off the hamstring injury. He was designated and activated off IR. He is a full go, especially with Pat Fryermuth out, and I'll touch on him later. I am expecting Deontay to slide right back into a high volume, more of a wide receiver three, wide receiver two option, given his A dot, given his utilization. It, honestly, this could be like a you know 12 to 15 target game with six, seven catches for 50 yards, kind of similar to like a Chris Olave type game. Uh, but yeah, volume-wise, I would be fine playing Deontay Johnson as a wide receiver three or flex option. And I still like George Pickens as the deep option, big play threat. It's a decent matchup here, so I, I do think Pickens will still be involved, even with Deontay coming back. Devonta Smith, he's coming off a hamstring strain, but no injury designation. He is playing. He's been he has been had inconsistent production, but he saw 11 targets last game. He's getting volume. Uh, last week was a much tougher matchup, and I believe he had one or two drops that typically he catches. He draws a very favorable matchup against Miami, and again, this should be a potential shootout this week. So I actually like Devonta as a as a wide receiver two with upside. Both offenses should be clicking. This this might actually be the highest scoring game that we see. So you'll want to play AJ Brown, Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard, um, probably DeAndre Swift as well. Hard to bench DeAndre Swift especially with the running back options this week. Uh, but Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, all of them. I, not sure. Actually, I haven't seen anything on Chase Claypool. I, I'm not sure on his status, but I would not play him in his first game back. Wandale Robinson, he got his full first full participation in of the season, so that's a great sign coming off that ACL injury. Uh, he, I, I like him more as a wide receiver three with upside, probably gets a ton of volume from Tyrod Taylor. I'm, I'm kind of expecting Tyrod Taylor to pepper Darren Waller and Wondell Robinson in this matchup. It's a great matchup against Washington. Washington's secondary has been getting torn apart. And I think Wondell is the, is, would be the wide receiver that we would want. So PPR wise, I expect, I, who knows if he gets a touchdown, but I think it's going to be like a Deontay Johnson type week for him where he gets a high volume, decent amount of receptions, decent amount of yardage, Gets you, you know, 12 to 14 points. Tight end, uh, Dallas Goddard. He's coming off a groin injury. He was actually removed from the injury report and good to go. I do like him, again, as a volume play in a potential shootout. Ever since those first two weeks, I believe, you know, when he was not involved very much, he has been getting much more involved in the offense. They've made a concerted effort to get him touches, get him going in the, in the pass game. He's been very effective, especially across A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. I, I'm personally playing Dallas Goddard over Sam Laporta in in one league. Even though I like Sam Laporta, um, you know, injury-wise, I'll touch on him in a minute. I think Goddard has the much better matchup plus higher scoring game, and I, I just want a piece of that game. So I'm personally playing Goddard over Laporta if that helps with uh, where to have Goddard in the tight end scheme. Given, given how thin tight end is, though, you're not benching a guy like Dallas Goddard unless you have a really strong pivot. 
Sam Laporta, he is coming off that calf strain. He is good to go. Got a full participation on Friday, as expected. You know, he played last game. I think he, off the top of my head, he had 11 targets, possibly even more than that. At some point, I saw him with 11 targets. He may have gotten a couple more by end of game. But he should see, he should continue to see a ton of volume, especially with David Montgomery out. I think Josh, uh, Josh, Jared Goff is going to have a very big game. They're probably going to rely on passing more than running. Um, hopefully again, that means more pass attempts or, or receptions for Jameer Gibbs as well. But yeah, Sam Laporta, I like him as a volume play, but I think this is a really tough matchup for him. I saw some, some advanced info from a couple of great accounts out there that were saying this is probably his toughest matchup of the year and they could very well limit his production. So, um, I, I like him as a volume play, but I like a couple other guys like Dallas Goddard better. Uh, Sam Laporta very much could be more of a low-end tight end one mid-option. So, But again, if you've been banking on him, just injury-wise, you should be able to play him. Dalton Kincaid, he is coming off a concussion. He was removed from the injury report. He is going to play. He is not startable until we see solid fantasy production from him. I would not want to play him. There is some concussion risk, but I'm not really concerned on him injury-wise. I'm more so concerned on his usage and lack of production standpoint. Other injuries, so that that kind of that kind of ends the injuries for at least week seven. If you want to turn the show off, but I'll touch on a couple guys who have or have not been placed on IR just to give you a couple updates. So other injuries, David Montgomery, and I've been asked on him. So he he was not placed on IR. I do expect a week ten return after the Lions week nine bye, and I think once he returns, there should be low production dip, low efficiency dip, and he should he should be able to slide right back into his prior role. So if you're, especially in redraft, um, or if it's you know some team, some dynasty team that they were kind of a fake contender, leaning on David Montgomery's production, and they're willing to sell. He should be a fine fine buy as a contender in both redraft and dynasty. I do expect a week 10 return, and then he should be able to return right to his role. Pat Fryermuth, he was placed on IR after suffering a re-injury to his hamstring in practice this past week. He was originally expected to play, but yeah, in practice he pulled up and, and they actually got imaging to determine the extent of damage to the hamstring, and it turns out it's pretty bad and placed him on IR. So... I do think he's going to have a little bit of a risk, a little bit of a, a struggle to return to his role even upon returning, but I think in redraft he's droppable. If you have open IR spots, might as well stash him just in case, uh, but but if you wind up with someone else going on IR, like if you have one IR spot left and you have to stash either Kyron Williams or Pat Fryermuth, I would rather drop Fryermuth and stash Kyron Williams. Greg Dolchich, he was placed on IR after also suffering a re-injury to his hamstring. I think he he can be dropped. Um, I, I don't I don't know if I would necessarily drop him in Dynasty. Obviously worth a stash on IR. You never know what, what role he's going to return to. But just the fact that this is now, so he re-injured. I, th- I believe this is his third or fourth re-injury to the same hamstring since last year. So very risky return. Um, I I don't know. I think he's going to wind up losing trust of Sean Payton. Even when he's healthy, I I just don't know what role he's going to return to. Very risky moving forward. Justin Fields, I touched on him earlier. He was not placed on IR. So I do believe, again, his, his return is very dependent on 
ability to reduce pain, ability to improve his grip strength, and then, you know, really how he looks, how, how he's able to throw, his velocity, his accuracy, not just on a couple throws, but obviously they'll have to test him under uh, volume, under multiple throws. How does he perform? How does he perform when he, when he potentially gets hit or absorbs contact? He has that rushing, uh, rushing risk that we have. So, you know, there's always the chance that even upon return, he's, he's rushing. He has the ball in his left hand. He puts his right hand down to brace his impact and strains his, his right thumb again. Um, there is, there, there must be any chance there's, or any time there's a dislocation, there's, there's always a little bit of ligament damage. Just the fact that he wasn't placed on IR and they've said he does not need surgery indicates to me that the ligament damage is minimal. It's just dependent on when will, when does it heal and when can he return to throwing without an issue. I do think he returns at some point this year. Kyron Williams, he was placed on IR after Sean McVay originally said eh, the ankle injury wasn't as bad. Well, video I saw, it did, indica- it did seem to indicate a little more of a well, so the, it was actually re-injured twice in-game, and the second one, he, it looked like he was in a decent amount of pain. So they have placed him on, on IR. I do think it was a high ankle. Week 12 return is likely for him. Uh, for now, Rams running back guesses. I, we've seen the debates on, on X, on Twitter. Uh, who knows? My guess is Royce Freeman probably starts the game for the running backs for the Rams, probably gets, I don't know, couple touches, three, four touches, mixes in with Daryl Henderson. Henderson probably winds up seeing by the end of game 50% of the volume, 50% of snaps or so. Uh, I think from what Sean McVay has said, it sounds like they're going to kind of lean on Daryl Henderson a little more just because his familiarity with the scheme from past years. It just depended on his ability. You know, is he in game shape? Uh, How does he perform? All of that. So I think... This week, I wouldn't even touch a Rams running back. I would stash Daryl Henderson. It sounds like Zach Evans isn't even ready. He's still learning, according to Sean McVay. Um, For next week, I would be fine kind of leaning on Daryl Henderson if I needed a a running back out of this backfield. Aside from that, I would just avoid the rest. Nick Chubb is is the last one I'll touch on. So he had his first surgery on September 30th to repair torn capsule, meniscus, and it says MCL, but I'm not sure if they debrided or repaired his MCL. So my guess is he is in line for a second surgery. My guess is over the next two to three weeks, we hear whether or not Chubb needs to get his ACL repaired or reconstructed. And that timeline is going to be key, especially for next year. It changes the timeline dramatically. If it's if his ACL is reconstructed, he probably won't be ready to play, ready to go until more so mid-season next year, mid-season 2024. If it's repaired, I do like his chances to be ready for the 2024 season, uh, just because it does give him enough time. Typically, the ACL repair, obviously already with the capsule meniscus uh, repaired prior, a couple weeks ago, um, I, I do think that gives him enough time to get back to return to play. And then knowing his work ethic in rehab, his his strength training progressions, I think he's a, he's the kind of guy who we could really bank on, okay, he's going to he's gonna make sure he's ready for the season, for week one, for 2024. Again, if it's repaired versus reconstructed. All right, that covers all main injuries this week. Thank you for uh, keep continuing to listen if you stayed for those updates on those other guys. Good luck this week. Hopefully you get through the bye weeks. It's a, it's 
kind of a crazy week. So many players are out. So hoping you get those wins. Uh, feel free to reach out in the Destination Devi Players Injuries channel. Follow me on Twitter or X at JamThrivePT. As always, I always post live updates during during game days. And yeah, if you enjoy the content, retweet and good luck this week. Doctors orders. Doctors orders.